speaker to you tonight. He's anointed. He's a prayer warrior. He's a worshiper. And he is the man that God has chosen tonight to bring forth the word. Would you please welcome Brother Terry Lawrence. Would you welcome the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? For he's the one that is worthy. Amen. Oh, our God is great and he is mighty and he is holy and he is worthy to be praised. <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you tonight. And I just pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to come upon me because I know, God, that I can do nothing without you. And I know, God, that you've spoken a word to me, and I pray that you help me to deliver this word in a manner, God, that will bring glory and honor to your name. For we know today that you are raising up a great and mighty church in this last days. God, a church that you are coming after that's without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. Lord, you're coming back after a church that is not a weak and a and is not uh, full of sin, but one that is full of power. And oh God, we want to be a part of that body tonight, Jesus. We want to be those men and women of power and men and women of anointing that oh God, we can be those chain breakers for you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I know tonight I can do nothing without the Lord, so you can sit there and silently pray for me. Most of what I'm going to talk to us tonight about is very familiar, so it shouldn't be too hard for us to follow. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, we've heard this chapter or this verse time and time again. <clears throat> but this is what the Lord has spoken to me. Second Chronicles 7 14 says, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Very familiar passage. I don't know. Brother Miller at one point may have done this. I was, I was telling Kathy before church, sometimes my memory isn't as good as it used to be. Brother Miller may have broken down this at one time and preached to us. I don't remember. But I wanted to start here tonight at the very last of this verse, it says, Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Seems that the condition of a nation is dependent, according to this verse, on we God's people. The condition of a nation, the condition of our nation today is dependent upon we, the body of Christ. If we look back in time, we can see when the body of Christ was strong throughout this nation, that this nation was a mighty nation and many great things were being done here and all around the world. We were a blessing to the whole world. But as time has gone on, it seems that maybe the, that the church has become lax and this has allowed our nation to come in such decline. You know, we want to blame everything in the world sometimes for what's going on in the world. We want to say, well, look what they're teach, saying and look what they're doing and look what they're bringing into school. But I'm here tonight to tell you from what this verse says here, what is going on in our land today is as a result of what has happened in the body of Christ because we have slipped away from those, those things that, that our forefathers uh, put in, into the body of Christ that made us strong. We have allowed the pendulum to swing from one extreme to another. 
You know, and sometimes we want to say this, this is everybody else, but I believe this is a word for this body of Christ tonight. Not all of us, but some of us. We have allowed the pendulum to swing from one direction to another. I remember when I was a boy, they used to teach some things that were just far out there. They used to uh, teach that the women shouldn't cut their hair, that the women should wear dresses, and you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't go here and go there. And some of those things are, are not scriptural whatsoever, but yet there are some of those things that they taught and believed in those days that, you, that the body of Christ as a whole has let go of. And that's what I want to talk to us tonight about. Hold on just a minute. Praise the Lord. Pray for me while I'm getting a drink. Because I believe that the Lord has something to say to us tonight. We have allowed the pendulum to swing to, to, to the extreme, one extreme to another. I would say there, I'm going to pass that. I always get ahead of myself in my notes. Sometimes I wish I could just throw these notes aside and just, just go ahead and talk. But if I do, I might forget. And one of those things that, that we, it's the body as a whole, I think has pushed more into the background. We've let things take the place of prayer. And I know that we're here tonight to pray, and I know many of you have been coming for how many years has it been, Pastor? Four years? Four years now, and you've come to this prayer meeting probably almost every time. But I would like to say to us, what are we doing at home? How much time are we spending with God at home? Not just here. I'm sure that there's been any number of books and any number of sermons that have been preached on prayer, but I'm hoping tonight that God can speak to us because he's been speaking to me very heavy about this subject. God has been dealing with me for a long time, way before Brother Randy asked me to, to speak. I'd already made up my mind, Brother Randy, that I was going to tell you no. But when you asked me, I had to say yes because I believe the, the, the Lord has a word. Uh, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. This is the very first part of this verse. I think that the American society has crept into the church and has caused us uh, to have a mentality of self-dependence. But this, this first part of this passage says to us that if my people which are called by my name, are you called by his name, are you his people? If they will humble themselves... I think that, that the society has crept in. You look around at all of the society. This is not a noble society. It's every man for himself. It's every man. Uh, uh, doesn't make any difference what happens to the other person it, just as long as I get what I need and what I want. But what he is calling the body of Christ to in this passage of scripture, scripture is a spirit of humility. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves... I think that American society has crept into church and caused us to mentally be self-dependent. Uh, self we are self-made men and women, even in the body of Christ. There's, there are some folks that think they're self-made. 
that I have worked all my life and I've got to where I am today and I don't need anybody and I don't need anything. I, I believe that's in the body of Christ today. I believe it with all my heart. But God is calling us to a spirit of humility to realize that it's God that gave us what we have. That it's God that gave us. If you have riches, it's God that made a way for you to have those riches. If you have a beautiful home or, or a little country home like I got, it's God that gave that to you because in a moment those things could be gone those things can be gone we might think we're self-made we might think we're self-confident and trusting in ourselves. but all it takes is a tornado a hurricane a death we need to be humble before the Lord as God's people because without him we have nothing everything that we have is because of him Brother, I didn't even look at the time. I'm hoping I can keep it under 30 minutes. Hallelujah. We trust in our ability. We trust in our wealth. We trust in our social stand in the community. But the Lord in the ver this verse is calling us to be humble. To come to the realization that we are nothing without the Lord. James 1 and 17 says every good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. Everything that you and I have. I, I just wish I could express this to you enough that it, that it touches your heart. Because sometimes we can easily become lifted up and we don't even realize that we are. But every, every time I turn around, I'll be in prayer and seeking the face of God. And all of a sudden, it'll just come upon me. And I have to stop and begin to thank God for the things that I have. You know, when I was a young man, we didn't have anything. Kathy, none of us had anything back then. Everybody around us was poor. But I thank God today because I have a good job. I have a nice home. I have a good vehicle to drive when i was a kid we had an old beat up car everything had some special way you had to open it some special way you had to honk it uh, you had to put stuff over the seats because the seats were torn i'm thankful today that god has brought me to where i am today and has blessed me and i honor his name and i glorify him because i know that everything that i have is because of him my god is great and he is mighty and I never want to think that I have anything on my own but give him the glory the word tells us that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away it can be taken away from us just as quick as it was given we are God's people and have to get ourselves to the point where we have humility before him and realize that we have all all that we have comes from him in Job 13 Verses 13 through 15. Poor Job. You've heard the story of Job. You've heard how good of friends that he had. But you know, this man was rich. He, he had things far beyond what anybody probably or maybe all of us in this whole building have put together. And they were trying to tell him all kinds of things. And they were trying to tell him how sinful he was and all these things. But he told them, keep silent and let me speak. In Job 13, 13 through 15. Then let come to me what may. Why do I put myself in jeopardy and take my life in my hands? 
Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways in his face. Job had an assurance that whatever kind of stuff that he was going through, that God was going to be with him all the way. But he said, if he slay me, yet will I trust him. And we've got to get to that place in him because we're coming to times that you and I don't even realize what is taking place. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know. But one thing we do know is we have a God that is able to keep us and able to keep us secure and able to bless Bless us in those times as well. And he said, yea, though, though he slay me, yet will I have hope in him. Hallelujah. We've got to come to that realization that without him, that we are nothing. But with him, we are everything and have all power for the keys of, of heaven have been given to us. Without his mercy, without his grace, Without his power, without his blessings, we are nothing. I often think, where would I have been if not for the mercy and grace of God? Glory to God. Glory to God. That's one of the signs of flight or fight. Right there, I'm, I've been fighting, I'll tell you, for the last little while. But that's all right. The Lord is going to speak to us tonight. <clears throat> we are nothing without his mercy. I often think, where would I have been without his mercy and without his grace? Where would you have been tonight? Have you ever thought for one moment where you would have been? Like I told you, I was brought up poor. Many of my nieces and nephews, they, they got into drugs, they got into alcohol, they got into smoking, they got into gambling, they got into all kinds of things. And I look back and I think of all the times that I could have tripped up and I could have ended up in that place. But by God's mercy and by God's grace, even the times when I tripped up, even the times when I failed, even the times when I wasn't doing what he desired for me to do, that mercy and that grace pulled me and drew me to him. <laughs> oh, he wasn't going to let me go. And I thank God for that tonight. How about you? Where would you have been had it not been for his mercy? Huh? Glory, glory, glory. Uh, would I have been a drug addict? I don't know. Would I have been addicted to alcohol? I don't know. Very well could have been. Would I have been homeless? I see these people, they show these folks, and I am going to get to prayer here in just a minute. I'm just working my way there because this verse is making me do it. I look at those folks in these big cities that, that have all kinds of issues, and I'm sure many of those things are demonic, demonic issues. They're out there on those streets, and they're in the tents. They're living there. They shoot up their drugs right there on the street. 
The stores can't even open because of these people. And I think, oh, how awful. One side of me thinks, oh, they need to just go in there and clean that up. And what needs to happen is they need to be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. They need to be delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. Just like you and I were delivered by the power of God. They need to be delivered by the power of God. Oh, God of heaven, help us today. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but we need to get ourselves to that place. Like the song said, where that we can begin to break down the strongholds, begin to break down the, the, the chains and the fetters that are upon this world. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. We can't do, we are, we are so close to the coming of the Lord. There is so much work that has got to be done in this world. There are so many lives that are broken and upside down and inside out. And every day we go to work with people that are lost without Jesus Christ. Oh God, make us humble, Lord, before you. Let us be that light. Let us be that anointed one that can touch them for the kingdom of God glory to God hallelujah hallelujah would I have been a homeless one living under a bridge none of us know where we could have been had it not been for him we must stay humble before him and we can speak this as a nation even though things aren't going anywhere near perfect right now it could be a whole lot worse and I'm telling you if we don't do what this passage is telling us tonight it may get that much worse Oh, Brother Terry, you're preaching a negative message. I'm not preaching a negative message. If we'll get a hold of what this word tells us, like the disciples got a hold of what Jesus told them, if he could turn the known world upside down with a handful of men, a handful of fishermen, a tax collector, a doctor, how much more can he do with a body this size in Poplar Bluff, Missouri? What can he do with a body of this size if revival breaks out it spreads all over this county spreads all over this state spreads all over this country if we'll get a hold of what God is telling us tonight it can if that little handful could turn the no world upside down how much more could you and I do for him first Corinthians 6 verse 9 through 11 Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Listen to these words. I'm not going to preach on this. I'm just going to read it, maybe. Nor idolaters, nor adulterous, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. <laughs> such were some of you. Glory to God. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Thank God for the mercy of God because uh, there were some of us that were there and there are some of us that could have been there except for the mercies of God. The next part of that verse, let me get one more drink. I might have this whole bottle gone before the night's over. 
Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands and praise Him for a minute? Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The next, ses- the, the next phrase says, and pray. We all know what the statistics say. We've heard it. In, we've heard it in messages. I tried to look. My Lord, there's so many statistics out there and they all contradict each other. We know what all the statistics say about how long that people pray, how long the pastors pray, how long that, that the parishioners pray. How long do you pray? How long do you pray? And I know when you say that, people are going to say, well, we don't have to pray long prayers. You know, I know there are times that we may not have to pray long prayers because God does things instantaneously. But if our Lord and Savior had to pray long prayers as he did in the word of God when he was right there at the end of his life, he came back to his disciples a few times and he said, could you not tarry with me but one hour? If our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had to pray long prayers, maybe we ought to take notice. We ought to to pray before God. Now, I'm not saying you have to pray. You have to work that out between you and God. But I'm telling you, if we want to see God heal our land, somebody is going to have to pull up their bootstraps and they're going to have to do something for God. Somebody's going to have to get to the place where they are truly praying and touching the throne of God because the power only moves when we have paid the price, when we have spent time before God on our face and sought his will and sought his desire. It doesn't come just because we say, in Jesus name we have to pay the price oh Jesus paid the price Jesus paid the price 2,000 years ago he paid the price for our sin but there is something that we got to do and you know there's prayer is a time when we when we when we reach out to our heavenly father but prayer does something to us too It does something in us. There's times that I'm in my prayer closet, which is the kitchen. And when I'm in the kitchen and I'm praying before the Lord and I'm just just praying along whatever I'm praying and all of a sudden I'll get in a different vein and I'll start praying for something I didn't even have any any idea I was going to be praying about. And the Lord began to speak to me as I was praying to him. And there's been times that I've been there before him and he'll bring the word to me. Things that I didn't even think about before he'll speak to my heart. Prayer is not just for us to say, God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I need a new car. God, I need a new house. God, I need... Yes, he wants wants to know the things that we need. But you know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. There's something about us seeking the things of the kingdom of God. It makes everything fall into place. I better move on because I got other places to go. Hallelujah. We say that we believe prayer, but sometimes... It is one of the last things that we want to do. 
We go through our, our struggles. We struggle with something, we're, whatever that it is, whether it's financial, whether it's a spiritual, whether it's our kids, whether it's our grandkids, no matter what it is, we go through and we struggle with that and it's the last thing that we want to do. But I'm telling you tonight, it should be the first thing that we do. Yes, it is hard for us to get on our face before God, especially when things are a mess in our life, but it does something to us when we're able to get down there and lay that load that burden on the one that's able to bear it he said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest he will give us that rest we seek rest in everything else you know there are times when we are such such a place and and when we come before him all that we can do is weep go ahead and do it stay there before him and weep Because he hears those tears. He knows exactly what they mean. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows what your struggle is. And he has not forgotten you. Hallelujah. 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 We say that we believe in healing. We say that we believe in miracles. Do they happen at your house? Glory. Glory. My daughter warned me that might fall over. Do they happen at your house? I can tell you a few things that God has done for us over the years. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you all that because i got somewhere to go, but I want, you, I want you to answer that question for yourself. Do those miracles happen at your house? Has that kid that you've been praying and seeking God's face for, has he been saved or are you praying for him? Has that need that you, you have in, in your life, in your home, that, that you desperately need a touch from, has God intervened and touched or have you even asked him to? Praise the Lord. I'm thankful that God touched my wife not long ago and touched her legs, and I'm believing God for her complete healing. I pray every day for her complete healing because she needs a healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And I know that God hears my prayer. When Jesus was standing by the tomb of Lazarus, he stopped, he wept, he wept as he stood there. But when he got ready to pray, he looked up to the heavens and he said, Father, I thank you that thou always hearest me when I pray and I know my heavenly father hears my prayer and God hears your prayer too that's why it's so hard for you to pray that's why it's so hard for you to to stay down there on your face before him because the devil knows that God hears your prayer too why do you think that prayer is so hard It's not easy to get down and pray. Oh, we can get down for five minutes. Oh, it's okay. But when we get down there a little bit longer than five minutes, something may begin to happen. We may make make contact with the power of God's Holy Spirit. We may enter into that throne room and touch up the throne of God. And the devil don't want us to do that. So he's going to do everything he can to keep us from getting in that prayer closet. He's going to do everything he can do to keep keep us 
Oh, five minutes is long enough. I pray I'm, I'm going to get up and leave. And I don't mean to just uh, to, 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 uh, talk so much about time. But if you look throughout, uh, back through the, the years, how long have I been talking? 20 minutes? Oh, I've got plenty of time. <clears throat> if you look back through the years and all of the moves of God, the different re refreshings and, and revivals that have come, if you look at those men's life that God used to, to birth those things, those men sought the face of God. There was one man, I don't remember what his name is, I wish I would have looked it up, but the man prayed seven hours a day. But God done miraculous things, mighty things that you would not believe because that man was willing to pay the price. I'm not saying you have to pray seven hours a day. Some of us got to work. But throughout the day, the Holy Spirit can speak to your heart and lay people on your heart. And you can call their name. You can slip off into to a restroom or something, call their name out before the Lord. God put them there on your mind for a reason. Go and speak to the Lord about them or just speak in your mind <clears throat> to the Lord about them. Hallelujah, Lord. We may say that we believe all of these things. We may say we want revival. Who wants revival? Dad, be careful. Be careful. Because I'm telling you that revival will not come until we get a hold of what I'm saying tonight. Brother Miller is not going to preach a revival. And yes, God uses Brother Miller mightily. And the word we get from this pulpit, you can't find it anywhere else. But Brother Miller on his own cannot bring revival. Revival comes from above. And when it, it comes, when the people bind themselves together in unity with one mind and one accord and one purpose. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They all were in one mind and one accord and the Holy Ghost fell. We've got to get in one mind and one accord. Sometimes we're running around where everybody's doing their own thing. We're running here and there and y'all and we're running our kids to everything. And I know I did that too. But we're coming close to the end of time. It's time to stop running around all over the place and get our focus upon God's kingdom. Get our focus upon the work of God's kingdom because the end is at hand. There are too many that are lost today. Too many that are lost that we can't get a hold of this word tonight to pray. I'm, I'm going to try to hurry here. I don't want to lose anybody. I know that prayer is hard. Sometimes we go to prayer <clears throat> trying to do the right thing. And it seems that, not, that our prayer is not going anywhere. How many of you have ever been there? Boy, it'd be so easy just to get up and just go on and just do whatever. I'll tell you, the last few days, I get down and pray, and I didn't feel nothing. Pray, I didn't feel nothing. I didn't know that, that God was a thousand miles away. But I tell you one thing, God is omnipresent. And our feelings does not dictate who that God is. Our feelings does not dictate who God is. Regardless of how we feel, regardless of our emotions, regardless of, of all of these things, he is still God. That reminded me of the McCameys. He's still God. He's God on the mountain. And he's God in the valley. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, I'm that old. Some of you may not even know who those people are. The older one, the older one just died not long ago. You know? Okay, well, that tells us something. <laughs> we get down and it feels like we can't feel a thing. But I encourage you when you get to those times, stay there. Stay there. Work your way through it. Just pray like you felt the power of God anyway. You know, sometimes I get to a place like that and things are, things are, are bothering me. Things get on my mind. Things, I just start praying a little bit louder. I just start praying a little bit louder. Or I might get up and start walking around. Whatever that it takes for me to be able to spend time with my Heavenly Father. Because those times when you want to get up are the times when you are making a difference in the kingdom. That's why the enemy wants you to get up. That's why he wants to, to, to get your mind on something else. <clears throat> I'm going to wind down here in a minute. I didn't get as far as I wanted to get. Let me skip some of this. Let me not skip this part. Some people have a hard time praying. I've had people, people say, I don't know how to pray. I, really, I don't know what to pray for. Turn on your TV just for a minute. You'll find all kinds of things to pray for. Look at our school system, like we were talking about a while ago. The stuff that they're trying to do in our schools, I'm not going to mention. There are so many things that sometimes blows my mind that people are so evil that they want to, to bring these things in upon our children. What kind of people are these? They're people under the influence of Satan. Those are chains that need to be broken. Those are feathers that need to be loosed. And I'm telling you today, there's no president that's going to be able to loose them. There's no Congress that's going to be able to loose them. The only ones that are going to be able to loose them is the body of Christ rising up and shining in this last days, being full of power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost because it's it's the anointing that breaks the yokes and the bondages. What about our lost families? How many of you have somebody in your family that's lost? Every day I pray, God, I pray that you reach down on Tyler. I pray that you reach down on Caitlin. I pray that you reach down on Braden. I pray that you, you reach down upon Colton, that you reach down on Dalton. I pray that you reach down upon uh, Noah. I pray that, God, you would reach down on their life and that you touch them, God. Whatever needs to be done to reach them, God, reach them. If you don't have anything to pray for, almost everyone raise their hand that they've got a lost loved one. We got people at work that are lost. Uh, we got people that we meet in the grocery store that's lost. We got plenty of things to pray about. I pray for my coworkers. Do you pray for your coworkers? I got some coworkers that, boy, they got some nasty mouths. They got some chains on their life that need to be broken. Hallelujah. What about all these mothers that are considering having an abortion? What about all the people in our city that, that are drug addicted? You know, sometimes these things, we just, we just draw a blank 
stare when we hear these things because they're so prevalent. But help us, oh God, to not get cold to these things, but somehow to get a burden upon our heart for them. The Bible says that when Zion travails, she brought forth children. We've got to get to the place where that we get such a burden for the sinner. We get such a burden for the sin of this world that we begin to tra travail before God that he'll break those yokes and bondages. Hallelujah. Our government's out of control. We could go a long ways on that. Dear Lord, help us. Pray for revival. Pray for a great awakening. How about this next one? Pray for your pastor. I can't imagine the load that all of our pastors have, not just Brother Miller, but all of our pastors have. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you the question. Do you pray for your pastor? Do you pray for him? He, he needs healing in his body. God's able to bring healing. God is able to deliver him by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It, he needs wisdom and guidance to lead this congregation. We are going to a place that none of us have ever seen before. We're going about our lives right now and we think, oh, nothing seems to be changed. Well, groceries are a little high and gas is a little high, but I'm telling you, we don't know what next week is going to be. We don't know what next month is going to be. What kind of burden will that pastor be carrying then? Hold him up in prayer. Ask God to give him the word that we need that will motivate us, that will change us, that will challenge us, that we'll go to places in Christ that we need to go. God wants to use this body, but we've got to bind together. We've got to quit depending on our pastor to bring the anointing. Oh, our pastor brings the anointing every Sunday. We sit back there. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. But what about us? Are we bringing the anointing? Are you coming out in this place under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Have you spent time with God this week about the service? There might be somebody sitting in the service that's lost and undone. There might be somebody demon-possessed in a service. Are you praying that the power will be here to deliver them? We don't want to, to have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. I'm going to stop because I don't want to lose you. Hallelujah. I wanted to go on and talk about seeking the face of the Lord. We talked about praying, but there's a deeper place that we can get where we seek the face of the Lord. Where they're not, where they're, I've heard my son-in-law say this many times, where they're not, we're not seeking God for the touch of his hand, but we're seeking his face. Moses wanted to see the face of God. He said, you, you, you can't see my face. But in the spirit, we can see his face. We can seek him to the place where we're saying, oh God, I want to know you. Oh God, I want to understand your ways. God, I want to understand the move of the Holy Ghost when the Spirit's moving in the service. I want to understand what's going on. I want to be able to discern the Spirit. I don't know why I can't stop. Oh, Holy Spirit of God. 
We need to seek God and say, God, I want you to use the gifts of the Spirit, not just in the service, but I want you to use the gifts of the Spirit in me. Seeking his face. Seeking to know him. Not just always asking of him. He wants us to. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. I only got halfway through. Maybe I'll finish that some other day. And I was kind of in between what to do tonight at the end of the service. Hallelujah. One thing that I remember when I was a, a young man, I remember those old saints, when you come forward, well, they used to preach the Holy Ghost really hard. They hit the Holy Ghost hard. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to say if there's anyone in here that doesn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to start seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is a Pentecostal church, and we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the times that are coming, uh, Sister Kathy, we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But they used to preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost so strong that, that you would almost be convicted. We'd come forward and we would pray and pray and pray. The tears would flow. Oh, the stammering lips. You'd be shaking all over your body. The Spirit of God would get on you so strong. And them old-time saints would be all around you and got their hands on you. One would be, I can never, never forget this. It always makes me laugh. One would be on one side and they'll say, hang on, hang on. And then another would be on the other side and they said, let go, let go. But they were encouraging you to get in the presence of God. Oh, we need that, saints of God. We need to begin to, I see it some, I see it some, but we need to start getting, it's not all Brother Miller, it's not all Brother Randy, it's not all uh, Brother Mike, it's not all the pastors and all that. We need to start gathering around each other. We always want to come forward and get a need met and get a touch and get a word. Oh, I just can't stop. But we need to get to the place where we come up here and gather around each other. I'm talking to me too because it's hard for me to do. I feel like, all oh, Brother Miller's more anointed. He can pray a prayer that I can't pray. But maybe that person don't need to hear Brother Miller's prayer. Maybe they need to hear your prayer. Maybe they need to hear somebody that's on the level that they are. Touch the throne of God. I'm telling you, God is calling us to a higher level. He's calling us to a higher place. If we plan to be the remnant church, then we've got to pray. We've got to seek his face. So what I'm going to ask us to do, I want you to come forward.